0: Hey there, it's Thomas Mackey, along with Jason Clemens, you're on HR Unlocked, a show on a mission to bring our people-first leaders, talk to them, get their knowledge, steal some of their insights so that you can lead your organization and your people into the future. Today, we're going to talk about drugs. Let's go. But we're back with another episode of of HR Unlocked, and we're going to talk about drugs today. We got Mike Medell joining Jason Clemens and I. He's with Pharmaceutical Strategies Group, a partner of ours on the pharmacy side of things. I figured who better to talk to us than Mike. Uh, You do have a doctorate, correct, Dr. Mike?
1: I do. I have a PharmD degree.
0: I thought I read that somewhere. So perfect. (laughs) Dr. Mike.
1: That's what everyone that wants money from me calls me. (laughs)
0: we appreciate you hopping on you know jason and i talk about all all the time and as we're talking to leaders and different folks in the community on the benefits side of things we're always looking at those four main buckets right the 95 of all the costs are coming from four areas and prescription drugs is one of those areas so we wanted to at least get you on here for a few minutes and kind of tell us what's going on out there and what we might be able to Think about as we move into 23 and control on those costs.
1: Sure, sure. I appreciate the time. Um, Hopefully this will be interesting for everyone. But, you know, what I thought we'd talk about. So at PSU, we get into all kinds of aspects of pharmacy. We do a lot of contracting. We do a lot of vendor work. We do a lot of clinical work and all those things are tied together. Um, you have to have the right contract so you can leverage some of the, the clinical programs or clinical things that we would find in your data. Um, and you have to have the right vendor to work with to deploy some of those strategies. So what I thought we'd talk about today is kind of a specific, maybe not a super well-known topic when it comes to pharmacy. It's a specific area of pharmacy called specialty specialty pharmacy. And I'm going to guess that the layman couldn't tell you what a specialty drug is. Um, but in, in very, very basic terms, a specialty drug is a drug that a is really expensive. When I say really expensive, mm. probably upwards of $5,000 a month to over two or $3 million um, in, in a year's period of time. So, Obviously, that gets the attention of lots of payers. Mm-hmm. If, if the good news, if there is good news, is that the the need for specialty drugs only impacts about 2% of the population of the United States. So these are drugs typically for conditions that we would consider um, orphan types of conditions or very specialized conditions. But it doesn't have to be. We've all seen the commercials with Phil Mickelson and you know promoting um, his his medication, mm-hmm. right? So that tells you that there's likely a market in the mainstream for these drugs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so once you start to involve advertising, your utilization is going to go up, right? Just because just the reason they're doing the advertising is to make utilization go up, and so specialty products are expensive. The drugs that – the class of drugs um, that are anti-inflammatory drugs that, say, Phil Mickelson would be promoting, those drugs cost about $8,000 a month for the rest of your life, right? So they're pretty expensive. And the way that they're manufactured really makes it impossible – for there to be a generic version. So if you have a regular drug, right, that you're building in a lab uh, by putting Mm -hmm. some chemicals together, right, um, you get a patent on that, and that patent lasts a certain amount of time. That patent expires, and then anybody can make it, right, market it under the generic name. So we're all used to that. If you're on a high cholesterol medicine today, you're probably taking the generic (laughs) version of it. If you're on a high blood pressure, because all of those drugs are generic. Well, in the specialty drug market, there isn't really a pathway to generics. There's a different, a separate class under um, under specialty drugs. They're known as biosimilars, right? So what's a biosimilar? Well, it's not an actual generic. So a doctor can't write the name of the drug and the pharmacist automatically substitutes it like they do in the regular drug, the non-specialty drug world, Mhm. The the doctor would have to write the prescription for that exact biosimilars name. So that all sounds really good. Um, What does it mean? Right. What does that mean? So there hasn't been a whole lot of biosimilars in the marketplace. There's only, I think, 39 current um, biosimilars in the marketplace, and only 26 of those have actually launched. They brought it their product to market. Um, out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of specialty drugs um, that are out there. In 2023, we're going to start to see a change in that. So the number one drug in the market, and if we have folks that are familiar with their um, human resources um, pharmacy report card or something that your PBM would bring you, the drug Humira is likely your number one or number two drug. by by cost. In 2023, there's going to be several biosimilars for Humira that come on the market, right? We don't know what the price is going to be yet. Typically, uh, a a competitor drug comes out 20, 30% less expensive than the innovator drug does. We don't know yet because they haven't been released. The first one's not scheduled to be released until the end of January. And then there's like five other ones that are, be, that should be coming out, right? Mm-hmm. So why is it important that you think that was a, a good thing? And, and it is a good thing, depending on how your pharmacy benefits contract is set up, right? Your, your pharmacy benefit manager contract and how that's set up. So what I mean by that is I found many times in those contracts, the contracts refer to pricing, right? So you're going to buy X drug and you're going to get Y discount for that drug, right? So you got a drug, The PBM is going to negotiate a discount with the pharmacy for that drug, and then provide that discount or some portion of that discount on to you. Before the advent of biosimilars, and even recently, the pharmacy benefit managers will carve out biosimilars from your pricing agreements. They'll say, yeah, the pricing will be this this discount, but we're going to exclude the biosimilars from there, right? Mm -hmm. So... Of course, we're about ready to hit this cliff of or this launch of all these biosimilar products. But it's very possible your contract could be silent on what the cost of those are. Right. And that's that's like that for a reason, because the pharmacy benefit managers negotiate rebates from the innovator manufacturer. Right. And they don't want to harm those rebates. So when a biosimilar, which is a competitor, comes out. They're not, they don't want to harm that relationship, so they're like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to punt and just say, these things are excluded from your contract. Well, you can't do that anymore because we're starting to get more biosimilars out. You can't just exclude them. You have to account for them.
2: So, Mike, let, let me ask you this. So it sounds like, as we all know, that, that's going to be the future. That's not changing. That's kind of where we're going with it. What would you say the solution is to that for employers? Uh, Some employers think, you know, with pharmacy, they tend to think, you know, it is what it is. The price is the price. We can't do anything about it. What advice would you give to employers as far as at least taking the first step or the first shot and trying to control this cost where this, this pharmacy piece is going?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So first thing, data is key. Right. You can't go Mm -hmm. in and negotiate if you don't have insight into what you're spending on what. So there's two components of that. One Mm -hmm. is your pharmacy benefit manager contract. Right. And you may have a relationship where you have a separate PBM contract and then also run um, and, and have a separate contract for your medical carrier. They may be two separate entities or they may be integrated. Right. If you have one of the big carriers like. Cigna or United or Aetna, those things, the, those pharmacy benefit contracts, the wording to those may be embedded into a larger contract. What I found with those, there's not a lot of details. You may not even know what you're paying or what you're entitled to on those carve in deals. That doesn't mean that you can't. You can certainly negotiate that. But so you, you have to understand what your contract says and you have to understand what you're currently paying for those medications mm-hmm. and what your utilization looks like right so maybe Humira is not even a problem for you right but mm-hmm. another drug might be a problem for you so you have to understand so you could approach it in different ways depending on your u- utilization now i'd be shocked unless you have a very very small company and no one's using hum- Humira, but <laughs> most everyone has Humira as their one of their top drugs and most that's an popular one enough. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, understand your data, and you might not get the claims data, but you should get some reporting from your PBM or from your carrier, so you can understand, yep. Yep. A, if you have a problem, and then B, you got to look through that contract, and do just do a search for the word biosimilar, B-I-O-S-I-M-I-L-A-R. Do a word search for that and see what your contract says about it. If it says nothing, then many... PBM contracts have a clause in there that allows you to renegotiate on an annual basis. If it doesn't, that's another great tip. You should be renegotiating the pricing of your contract every single year because Mm -hmm. pricing changes every year. Think about it. There's about to be six or seven new biosimilars for Humira. Guess what? The innovator company, which is AbbVie is likely going to negotiate deeper rebates with your PBM because they want to keep that market share. They want to make it look as cost effective as possible. Now, if you're not getting 100% of rebates in your contract and amV and your PBM have a better deal, how are you getting a part of that? You should look at your contract every year to make sure you got best in class pricing.
2: Well, it's almost like they're, they're negotiating table, negotiating the price of your drugs without you being there almost. That's kind of what it sounds like. Am, am I on track with that?
1: That's exactly right that's why it's so important so it's not only on the pharma side right but on the pharmacy side so you you have your pbm is negotiating um contracts with the pharmaceutical manufacturers the folks that make the drugs right Mm -hmm. so they're negotiating with them and those guys are in charge of getting rebates and then you have the, the pbms are also negotiating with the pharmacies those are the ones that provide the unit cost. So we're going to give you this drug for a dollar a tablet or two dollars a tablet. So they negotiate both of those things and they're constantly negotiating those. So if they're if the PBMs are constantly negotiating with the people that are, are setting the prices of your drugs, and you're not constantly negotiating with the PBM, yeah. the PBM has the ability to do a little bit better than they should have if you were watching your contract. Absolutely.
2: Sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Would you recommend that? Okay, so the contract is, of course, it's really important. That kind of helps the employer kind of um, manage and mitigate some of that risk. But would you recommend that an employer goes through that contract in the wording on their own? Would you recommend that they kind of seek out a specialist or that kind of thing. Like, what, would, what do you think that process should look like for an employer?
1: Without a doubt, seek mm-hmm. out. So you can do that initial review, right? They mm-hmm. can go through, the folks that are listening to this can go through and kind of do a word search. But when it comes to negotiating, yeah. man, the devil is in the details. Yeah. And I would seek out yeah. a professional that does the contract negotiations with a pharmacy benefit manager on a regular basis because the, the environment is changing constantly. Awesome,
2: awesome. Yeah, so tra- like transparency is, is kind of like the, the buzzword in, in in the pharmacy world. Um, so a lot of people kind of tend to think that uh, you know the pharmacy world tends to try to have these hidden costs and hidden fees and things of that nature. Um, so what are your what's your thoughts when you hear transparency when it, when it comes to the PBM
1: and the whole pharmacy uh, talk? So you're you're right. So you have kind of two. Um, two pricing methodologies out there with the pbm there's there's more but we'll just we'll lump them into two one is we just refer to as a traditional um pricing methodology and the other one is pass-through let me describe each one of those just real quick so the the traditional means just kind of what i explained before you have a discount that's provided to you from your pharmacy benefit manager right let's play say it's a discount of 50%, right? So you're going to buy this drug for a dollar and you're, um, the, the um, and you're going to get 50%, off, 50 cents off that dollar, right? So you're going to pay 50 cents for that drug that, that you would have normally bought for a dollar. Well, the PBM might have actually negotiated a higher, a deeper discount. Maybe they negotiated with that pharmacy a 70% discount, but they negotiate with you a 50% discount. Well, they keep that spread in between what you pay them and what they pay the pharmacies. That's a traditional pharmacy setup, right? Mm -hmm. The pass-through is they negotiate, the PBMs will negotiate with the pharmacy um, and the human resources professional the exact amount. So what they pay the pharmacy is what you pay the PBM for that particular drug. So there's no spread involved there. And then the PBM would charge you an administrative fee, a small administrative. That's how they make their money. Right. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that PBMs have more than one pass through contract with any individual pharmacy and likely more than one contract for traditional pharmacy. Right. And they'll apply mm-hmm. the one that they sold to you. Right. So mm-hmm. do I, does it matter to me? I think you can get a great deal on traditional I think you get a great deal on pass through, but you have to have somebody watching, right? So you have to make sure you do those market checks every year on a tradition on any benefit. You have to make sure you audit your program to make sure the PBM is meeting their obligations. Like they said, they give you a discount of 50% that you're getting that discount. And the only way you could do that is to, to conduct an audit, right? So, you know, the, I'll tell you, I've done, we've done at PSG, lots and lots of procurements, And we've looked at pass-through deals right next to traditional deals from the same vendor. Mm -hmm. Traditional always is deeper, right? The reason for that is because the PBM wants you to get into that traditional deal, kind of have you forget about it for a little while, so that in years two and three, they can reap some of the rewards of all of their renegotiations with these vendors that we were talking about.
2: Wow. hope that answers your question. No, it does. I mean, it it just opened your eyes up to just how much you need to have your T's crossed and I's dotted with your pharmacy. Like I said, people just tend to think it's just a cut and dry thing, but there's just so many different parts to it that you really have to pay attention to, to make sure that that cost is being controlled and bought a control. Right.
1: Yeah. And Jason, as specialty drugs, we started the conversation off with become more prominent. Um, the pharmacy portion of your medical benefit is probably eclipsing 30 percent now remember especially remember i told you about specialty drugs it's like two percent of your utilization Mm
2: -hmm.
1: almost everybody's the specialty costs are fifty five zero percent of your total pharmacy costs so two percent of your utilization is fifty percent of your total pharmacy costs right it's important And the relief are these biosimilars. You have to make sure you're treating them properly, right? And that you have a strategy to use biosimilars if it makes sense, right? It Mm -hmm. might not make sense. You might have some biosimilars uh, drug manufacturers that come out with higher prices, higher net prices after you count Mm -hmm. for the rebates. So you just Mm -hmm. have to do that analysis to make sure you're making the right decision.
2: This is good stuff. This is good stuff.
0: And you said there was one coming out in January, Mike?
1: Well, you never, you're never 100% sure um, just because of the way the FDA kind of does their business. But, sure. yeah, there should be one coming out uh, <laughs> at the earliest, late January 2023. Then there's like six other ones that will follow suit throughout the course of the year. Wow. It's awesome. going to change fast. That's just, for the one, that's just for one drug. Yeah, that's just right. for the one drug yeah. that I'm talking about. Right? So there's going to be a flood of these that – that are going to come out over the next couple of years. Yeah. So important to make sure that you have a strategy where these will fit into in your, in your PBM contract.
2: That. That's good stuff.
1: Yeah. Scary or good depends on how you, know, yeah. yeah. How you look if, I level.
2: mean, if you're not prepared, it's scary. But if you got the knowledge and, you know, and you understand what's coming and how to deal with it, I mean,
1: you're, you're in a good spot. That's it. And, yeah. and we do that. I mean, we literally do that all the time. We can't wait at PSG for these biosimilars to come out so we can start going to work on helping our clients understand what the best, you know, uh, course is to take. So we're chomping yeah. at the bit um, and ready to, to have the first pricing come out so we can help. Um, like I said, so we can help advise our clients.
2: Because in that initial wave, once it starts, it's, it's going to catch some employers by surprise. Right. And then it's going to be like, holy crap, yeah. what do we do now? Right.
1: They won't even know they, they they probably won't even know that it's happening unless they're working with a PBM that wants to promote it. Right. The, the, and I'm, I'm going to say this and you know, there's some PBM folks in the audience listening. I'm, I'm sorry, but the PBM is going to do what's right for the PBM hundred percent of the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if they got a good deal on a biosimilar, they're going to make sure they're selling that to you. Right. Why, why wouldn't you, if I got a good deal, you know, if I was a retailer and I got a good deal on, you know, baseball hats, I'm gonna be promoting baseball hats, right? So I mean it's just the way that 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 it works. Yeah. You just need to have a you just need to have a partner that understands what they're looking for and how to protect your interests as a client, as the payer.
2: So everyone that's listening, contract, transparency, make sure you understand what your contract says, how it reads, you're getting your rebates, you're getting your discounts. Am I missing anything on that, mic?
1: No, and uh, make sure you have the terms and conditions in there that allow you to double check and check on your PBM, that you get an opportunity to uh, renegotiate with them on a regular basis. I'm not saying that you have to, like, blow up the entire relationship. All I'm saying is every year you should have the ability to change your pricing to meet the market uh, market levels.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well said. Well, Mike, we appreciate it. It's been fun. I'm sure we can do this a few more times because there's so much to talk about in the world of pharmacy. But we (laughs) wanted to at least start the conversation with uh, some of the updates that are coming out for 2023. And so, yeah, again, we appreciate you hopping on. And I'll put your contact information for everyone in the show notes. That way, if they do have questions, they can reach out to you. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we can do this for, I mean, we built our entire business on the pharmacy benefit industry yep. and advising clients. So there's plenty to talk about. So you call me, whenever you need me to come back, I'm happy. We'll pick a topic and I can go 20 minutes easy.
2: Oh, Mike, we'll be back for part two for sure. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we need to update on those biosimilars, man. We can't let yeah, that that might happen. be a great yeah. time. Quarterly yeah. oh, really
0: updates with Mike. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like yeah. it. <laughs> No, Mike, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. This is good stuff. This is good information. And uh, I just can't thank you enough.